0: hi guys welcome to it's a vet tech Life. i'm megan and i'm your co-host along with sheena with not another vet nurse and we are here to bring you vet information and client information for your pet and also for all of the people in the wonderful veterinary medicine community We are here to be your support system, and we want nothing more than to be able to reach out and help you back. So, if you're ready, let's get started on another episode. Let's do it. It's true. As podcasters, we tell stories and sometimes they get lost in the fact of being just that stories. But one thing that always rings true is these stories, these issues we talk about, they are real for someone. Even if you or someone close to you hasn't been affected by a certain disease or illness, someone else has and sometimes while telling the story and trying to tell it in a light-hearted way, we all need that very somber reminder that while it's a story for us, it's someone else's life. This is Rachel's story and thank you Rachel for letting us tell it. So most of you guys know that we did an episode on valley fever a few weeks back, and we told you of somebody that we knew that was struggling with an animal that had valley fever. What we really want to do now is have her actually tell her story and kind of show you guys the emotional toll that this disease can take and how important it is that we reach out and support those dealing with this and also push for a cure. As the vaccine is said to, to be in the works, so you can donate to that also. Right now, guys, I would like to introduce you to Rachel. She is a fellow vet tech. And Rachel, what would you like to tell everyone?
1: Um, well, I adopted Roscoe knowing that he had Valley Fever, but nobody really prepared me for um, the expense that that would incur. Um, the medications are expensive. The testing is expensive. Um, nobody really told me that it can take six months to a year. Sometimes it can be actually a lifelong uh, treatment that they never actually get rid of it. Um, and the, uh, the the medications we have don't technically treat valley fever; they keep it from growing worse and allow for the animal to uh, try to fight it off on their own. Um, so Roscoe, I got uh, last year. And I knew that he had valley fever, but at the clinic I worked at, we had plenty of donated medications, which was uh, fluconazole, um, that people donate back to us, of course, when their pet passes away. Um, So we were using that medication, and um, he developed side effects, which is really rare on fluconazole, um, but that is um, PUPD, and for those of you that are not vet tech type people, um, that's polyuria polydipsia, which essentially means that you drink a lot and you pee a lot. Um, he was having accidents around the house. Anytime he slept, he was leaking urine everywhere. Um, he was literally ravenous for water; like I had to put a lock on the toilet. Um, he was knocking over the cat bowls, all kinds of things like that. Um, and on top of all of that fun stuff, um, he developed a new lesion um, in his right humerus, uh, which is the you know near the shoulder, um, and. The fact that he developed a new lesion while he was on medication is is pretty serious. Um, so we ended up having to switch his medication to something which is much, much more expensive um, and essentially more dangerous um, as far as side effects, uh, which is itraconazole. It is not able to be compounded. It is very expensive, and he also weighs 65 pounds, so he takes two capsules once a day instead of wow. uh, you know, a smaller dose. Wow, jeez um and it has to be given with food it's a very specific medication it is safer than uh, the other alternative which is ketoconazole um but because he was already having the urinary issues we didn't want to go with that one even though it um is sometimes cheaper so i mean it just the, the changes with what we had to do because he was getting essentially getting worse despite treatment um he was he was to the point to where he almost couldn't put any weight on his right leg because it was so inflamed and so incredibly painful so, and and I, I honestly, I I am so embarrassed to say this. He has not been on medication for the last three months because I just can't afford to buy it.
0: I mean, that's definitely, it's understandable. It's nothing to be ashamed of. You've had a lot of personal hardships and that's another reason that we really want you guys listening to hear her story and why we really wanted to bring her onto the show because telling you someone's story... And you hearing it secondhand is a lot different than you hearing it from that person and mm-hmm. hearing mm-hmm. the emotion in their voice, hearing the struggle, hearing what they feel, what they've been through firsthand is a lot different and it really, it really speaks to you differently. So we also want to, if it's okay with you, explain a little bit about why this has happened, and then maybe we can get into how we can help.
1: Okay. And that's fine with me, yeah. Um, so, well, i um... I guess it's a year and a half ago now, Um, my husband was riding his motorcycle to the store um, and he was going about 50 miles an hour and somebody pulled out going about the same speed and T-boned him uh, on the right side when they were making an illegal left turn. Um, He broke his back in four places. Um, and he's still very, very much dealing with that. Um, he tore all the muscles in his shoulders, as well as all of the muscles that connect to the thoracic spine. Um, they said that he even hit a second, lost his right leg. Um, he did have severe bruising and crush injury to that leg, which is now thankfully resolved, um. But those first couple of months, he had to inject himself twice a day with anticoagulants. And um, he had a really bad concussion and, you know, scrapes and abrasions and road rash. And he was in the hospital for seven days. And, um, and obviously the, the financial loss of that motorcycle. And I don't know if, I don't know if anybody's ever had to deal with um, injuries like that. People say, oh, you know, you'll get a sediment and whatever. But that, t- yeah. that took, yeah, it took The very tiny, tiny settlement that we got, because it only goes based off of the person's insurance, which they had Mm. minimum liability, Um, the settlement that we got, the lawyers obviously took a good, you know, third of that, plus taxes and paying medical bills. I mean, it was gone in three seconds. Wow. And um, I had actually, he he became very, very severely depressed because he hasn't been able to work. Um, And that's that's why I adopted the dog. Oh,
0: no. Um, Oh, no.
1: So that so that you get at home because I had to pick up extra shifts I work 12 14 hour days as much as mm-hmm. I possibly can during, during emergency surgeries and vet work I volunteer for every hour that I possibly can um, and we're just still not making it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's
2: okay. It can be it can be really hard. Um, I can only imagine what what you must be feeling and going through. Um, just just listening to your story, you know. I mean, I I don't know about you, Megan. I've been in an accident where you've total, or I've totaled my car, you know, and it's
0: oh, I've been in several. Yeah, it's
2: pretty traumatizing. But to go through with what you and your husband went through, I mean, it's a lot. You have no reason to be uh to be saying sorry for crying. Because it's it's uh it's uh, more than one person I think can deal with, and I you know just from what you've said I think I think you're doing a really uh, a really great job as far as as far as you know as far as I know as much as I know through Instagram at least. (laughs) Um, Thank you. But yeah, I mean I am just shocked by how strong you are.
1: Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) My husband, despite his injuries and everything, I mean, he, he does everything he can to support me. He listens to my <laughs> horrible <laughs> stories and all the, the horrible things that I deal with every day as an emergency. Yeah. Um, just with the dog being, it was supposed to be his kind of emotional the poor and now the dog is I mean he's doing okay he's not you know like miserable or anything um, but he can't go on long walks he can't really jump on and off the bed on his own he he um, can't play like he used to because he cries because his leg hurts yeah. and then it's just I mean, he's only we originally thought he was two years old. Now I think he's probably about four years old um, and he was abandoned at our clinic. Um, so it's it's we've had we've had that conversation about, you know, maybe it's time to give him to somebody else. Um, but he already has abandonment issues. If I take him to work with me and I walk out the door, he cries and screams and throws a fit and calls it does not want to be left there he doesn't want to see me walk out the door mm-hmm. and i don't know that it's, that i could put him through that again
0: i completely understand And aside from the fact mm-hmm.
1: that i mean my husband still is not able to work he he can't really stand up without you know having to take breaks and everything for more than 30 minutes because his back hurts mm-hmm. so badly um those, those vertebrae are still damaged they have not healed properly he may have to have surgery to remove the um the, what are they called? The, the spinous process, the part that sticks out from the oh, vertebrae. yeah. Um, he still needs a surgery. He had one surgery on the right shoulder, um, which needs to be repaired because it failed. Um, the left shoulder still needs surgery. And then a back surgery is a 50-50 chance of being paralyzed. Wow. So, I mean, it, it's a big, big, huge deal. And um, it's just really affected every single part of our lives. And then the with the dog having the problems, Mr. Rossi's <laughs> staring at me because I'm talking about <laughs> it. He, I mean, I got him to help, but it's kind of, it's almost like he does help emotionally and, and being there as a friend, but it also puts an extra strain on us financially because he does have these problems that would have been okay if it hadn't become s- such a complicated issue. And it's, I wouldn't say it's rare for these issues to become complicated, but we, we kind of expected based on his blood work um, valley fever is tested on was a titer, um, which is they, they grow the they put the blood in a petri dish and they watch it grow and then they count how many spores they find. Um his titer was not very high, it was about one to thirty-two. Um, but for the first eight months of treatment it didn't go down at all. It was very, very persistent. And then we took x-rays and saw that he was really um developing these bony lesions and fluconazole does not penetrate the bone, um, like itraconazole does. Um, so we, we had to move to that and his vet who loves him very dearly, um, actually paid for his first two months of treatment. And that was, I haven't been able to afford to get it since then. Um, and she, she forked out quite a, quite a bit, um, just to see him not suffer. Um, he is on anti-inflammatories, which does help quite a bit. And we keep him, um, you know, we don't, make him go on long walks if he's done playing he gets to rest mm-hmm. you know we let kind of let him decide what he can do as far as movement and everything um but it's just been a real real struggle and it, it breaks my heart to see the that you my, my men <laughs> in my life just, yeah you know yeah broken and tired and, and there's not really much they can do about it either of them
0: so i have a question when you adopted him they told you he had valley fever, but they didn't really explain it to you.
1: Right. So, and I'm, I'm, I've only lived in Arizona for a couple of years and I kind of, I kind of Mm -hmm. knew about it, you know, patients in the clinic that had it and it just seemed like, okay, you do the blubber, put it on gluconazole and then you kind of, kind of go. Yeah. And the patients that we saw that were not doing well were very old and it was in their lungs and they were doing a lot of coughing and, and things like that. A couple of them, um, it can spread to the brain, um, which unfortunately, um, treatment does not fix. Um, once it gets to the brain, it's kind of a a game over situation. They generally start to have seizures and things like that. Um, and since his was, his titer was not very high, he's a young dog. We thought, you know, you know, it should be fine. We'll use the donated meds and, and, It'll be fine, and then we tested him again, and it, it wasn't any better. And we said, okay, well, we'll give it, we'll give it a couple more months, and we tested him again, and it wasn't any better. And we found out not the titer was worse necessarily, but that the the type of infection had metastasized to his bones um, and was much much worse in terms of the pain and inflammation and location, I guess, um, because he started with just a very small lung lesion, and it spread out to a uh, to the right humerus and the right elbow. Um, and he's got a little bit in his, uh, right hip. So, I mean, he does do, he does do a little bit of coughing, but it's really, it's really minimal compared to, to others that I've seen. Um, and I would say that his quality of life is pretty good. Like I said, I I don't, you know, push him to do things mm-hmm. that he, that he, when he says, I'm, I can't then, you know, obviously I let him, you know, do what do what he needs to do to rest. But, uh, I'm, I'm really afraid that without the medication and getting it under control, that it's going to become one of those cases that either it spreads into the lungs and he can't breathe um, or it spreads to his brain and it's it's nothing I can do at that point.
0: If you don't mind my asking, how much is the treatments that he needs?
1: Um, so, well, the, the medication um, is a medication that fluctuates like many on the market do. Um, it seems like whenever I, I get the $50 price, it jumps up to 200
0: oh, wow.
1: <laughs> I have seen the same medication. And this is the generic. Um, generic, I have seen it anywhere from, I think the cheapest I ever saw it was $52 for one month for him. Um, and the most expensive I've seen here in Phoenix was um, about $380. For, and that's for 60 capsules. Wow.
2: Is this through a human pharmacy so or...
1: It it does have okay. to come through a human pharmacy. They have tried to compound this medication, um, especially for obviously smaller animals that can't take 100 mm-hmm. milligram capsules. Then um, it just doesn't doesn't work the same. It doesn't process the same in the body. And then every three months, he has to have a, a coccitire. The, the actual disease name is coccidio Um And that titer, that one blood test,
2: Wow, Because I
1: work at the clinic and I get a 50% discount is $50. So it's about 100 and something for for regular clients. And then, you know, every six months or so, we'd like to do the full was it's called a desert disease panel. Um, And it does a a super chem and a uh, a Mm CBC. And I think it also checks for tick fever, but that's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. So, but because we need on these medications, we need to monitor his, his liver and kidney values because it can cause damage to those things. And we need to, you know, try to be proactive that we're not, mm-hmm. you know, kill, kill, helping him fight off the valley fever and but we're killing mm-hmm. his liver. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of a, a balancing act really. And it's very, Jeez. and that test is for Jeez. me, it's 105.
2: Wow. In a state that it's and like the, the most
1: common oh. exactly. to, my mind. Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
1: And then, I mean, and that's also, I mean, for, obviously I don't have to pay for exams because I work there, but the other people that are dealing with this are having to bring their pets in every three to six months for blood draws and exams and, and, and the medications and they're paying, if they're paying for a fluconazole, they're paying for a compounding fee. They're waiting for the medications to arrive. They're finding out that oh, I've been paying for this medication for six months and it's not really working that well. And now I've got to pay for something that's much more expensive, um, and those prices I gave you, I don't know if you guys mm. know about I've Ger- it. Yeah, I've heard of it. Um, the the prescription program, those prices I gave you are with that application. People that don't know about this or clinics that don't know to recommend this are, are having people oh, co- go out and pay oh. for medications that are two, three, four hundred oh, dollars $400 a month depending on the size of the dog. That's crazy. I can't imagine treating a great Dane for belly fever. You know? <laughs> roscoe 65 pounds he takes
0: and it it only comes in
1: 100 milligram capsules that's it
0: Uh, yeah i know the university of arizona (sighs) is doing a lot to counteract it they're even working on a vaccine Mm -hmm. but how can we help you how can listeners help you um
1: well i do i do have a gofundme that was set up originally after my husband's accident um and then it has I know it has like a ridiculous cap on it or whatever, but um, Mm -hmm. my point in putting that on there was that we have those medical bills. We have continuing medical bills. um, And it is, I believe it's GoFundMe.com slash Jay's Accident Fund, J-A-Y-S. And if anybody feels so led, they are, welcome to donate there. It mm-hmm. comes straight to us. go Fund Me does take a fee, but I mean, any little bit helps. I've, I've, I have told mm-hmm. you guys specifically like with only one person working and the expenses that we have, um, we I go to the food bank as often as I can. We're struggling to, to say, okay, where's our next meal coming from? Did we scrape up enough change to to put gas in the car so I can drive 12 miles to work. Um, I actually don't drive my car at all anymore um, because it mm. has a V8 in it and it's just yeah. too expensive and I'm trying to sell it, but it's old and not really worth a whole lot, <laughs> um, you know. And uh, thankfully, with part of with the part of his settlement that we actually got in hand, we were able to buy um, a little gas saver type car, which has helped quite a bit. Um, but on both vehicles, I've had to take out title loans to, to pay the yeah. bills and, and keep up on things, because I just, despite working 80, 90, 100 hours, I, I just can't, you know, keep up with all of the expensive, mm-hmm. plus expensive plus I need a, you know, when I have to get mm-hmm. new scrubs or new shoes, or I need my stethoscope yeah. broke, or, you know, all of these, you know, you guys know all these expensive things that we need for work. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it just kind of all piles up, oh, and my,
2: goodness.
1: my cat's on special CD food, and that's expensive, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's just, everything kind of, uh, kind of piles up. And um, if I didn't work at the clinic, I'd have to – I would honestly – I'd have to get rid of both of my animals yeah. because I would not be able Sometimes to that is, treat them. Sometimes
2: that is what has to happen. but There's
1: just no way.
0: I
2: mean – and on, like, and just I mean, tech to tech, I mean, our salary, like, it, yeah. it's ridiculous. You can't really afford anything, <laughs> especially you trying to yeah. afford for your family and a dog and a cat.
1: Well, that's what <laughs> – uh, yeah, I was a computer specialist in the military. I am a disabled well. veteran. So no. I get a tiny, tiny little check for that. <laughs> but, uh, um if I if I had kept up on my certifications and I went into a job that I hated and I and I worked the hours okay. that I work, I'd probably be okay. But is uh no. sacrificing your personal well being really really worth that? I I don't think so.
0: But um is there <laughs> anything up. else you would like to add or Sheena? Did we talk about oh, they could donate oh. to
1: um to the
2: research too you can donate to that
0: yeah um so as far as the university of arizona is with their vaccine they still have their research program going so if you want to help fund that effort you can definitely donate to that and i will try to go on there and find that and i will try to keep all the links in our show notes so that you can go to all of these websites that we're talking about and be able to you know Look at them for yourself and read the updates on the GoFundMe. Look at it and mm-hmm. hopefully decide to reach out and help someone or even reach out and help the university so they can help future animals. But I will definitely, put, and people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's true. People can actually get valley fever and too. People. Yeah. So that's kind of scary on that note. um, But yeah, so that vaccine is crucial to both animals and humans Mm -hmm. so definitely it's worth if if you can sit here and listen to it it's definitely worth checking out rachel do you have any questions for us
1: Um I just want to thank you guys really for uh for listening to me when I reached out. I just I kind of just reached out humbly on Instagram because I needed to to kind of vent about what what was happening and you guys really really took my story and uh and made me feel like it was important to someone other than me and um I I just really appreciate that and everything you guys do with your podcast and trying to teach people and educate um generally in a, in a fun way that that is very engaging. Um and I just really appreciate everything you guys have done with doing the Valley Fever podcast. And then, you know, this one and letting me kind of share uh, my experiences and everything and kind of really help get things off my chest. And I I feel, feel like a little, a little better about my situation and what's going on and that, that I think that with help and and talking about it and and getting the the word out there that this is a huge problem for, for thousands of people and pets um, that we can really, you know, try to help fight this and prevent, future infections and get this under control Absolutely. so that people and, thank and animals you for are letting not us continuing to it, suffer. To
2: be honest you're the yes, you're the one you that said so share it and talk about it and tag you and you know just uh put your name out there for the world to see but um <laughs> but yeah i mean that that's what our group. well that's what my group's for and then the podcast of course is to help spread the word but um but yeah that's what we're here for and i'm, I'm glad that we were able
0: to help you
1: anytime. (laughs) Well, I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys.
0: Hopefully, we will be able to have you back for a positive update Mm -hmm. in the future. (laughs) That would be amazing. Yes.
2: Yes, that would be
1: awesome. (laughs) Right now, he does. I do need to have his titer done again Um, since he has not been on the medication for the last two to three months. um, I do need to get that checked and kind of see where we're at and uh, have him examined by uh, his wonderful vet dr jackson um and uh kind of see where we're at i have not had the courage to tell her that i have not had him on the medication yet and um i'm not really looking forward to that conversation because i don't want her to to be upset with me but i think she'll understand and um so we can get get back on track and get him where he needs to be and get this infection under control
0: yeah you're doing all you can yeah thank you so much for taking time to talk to us and be on the show and share your story with the world thank you all for listening to another episode of it's a vet tech's life if you want to reach out and be
2: on the show or have your voice heard you can reach out to us online
0: if you don't have a particular story to tell but would like us to cover a topic well so you're here for that as well.
2: You can reach out to us by our Facebook groups on Twitter at Megan Noel Pod, Pod You can reach Megan on Instagram at the Megan Noel or at Megan Noel Podcasts. In addition, you can find me at Not Another Vet Nurse and it's gonna be at Humbert Sheena H-U-M-B-E-R-T. S-H-E-N-A for my personal account.
0: Thank you guys so much and we appreciate you tuning in week after week.